What's, What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. What's up, ladies? Welcome back to the Ways of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Here we are. Second to last episode in this series. Mm -hmm. Feeling good about where we're going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you feeling, Toshiba? I'm feeling good about it. We are two chapters away from the end, and Luke has been such a blessing to us. Um, in our lives as individuals. Um, And uh, we have heard from many of you the blessing that the book of Luke has been. Um, And so, yeah, I think a couple of things before we start digging into chapter 21 and 22, Leah, Mm -hmm. that I want to say just sort of like your regular church announcements. Um, (laughs) (laughs) These, these, uh, we're going to do this week and then Next week, we will actually uh, finish up the book of Luke with chapters 23 and 24. And so Leah and I thought how befitting it would be for us to do an all things considered, go Mm -hmm. back, do a full wrap up of the entire book of Luke. And so we would love for you all to send us your questions, send us your comments, send us your, hey, on the All Things Considered podcast, can Mm y'all go a little bit more in depth around this from this episode or this these two Mm -hmm. chapters that you guys covered we Mm -hmm. would love that um so that it's not just us talking about our point of view but we want our community to be engaged in this as well yeah Uh, yeah I would say hit us with your sticking points like I didn't get this or you know questions of like what what is what does this matter what does this mean all of that we're ready for it absolutely absolutely so Mm -hmm. on that how can they send it um, yes, you can send it through our IG. Um, we will have some posts this week that say like, hey, what's your questions for Luke? Um, and we'll start start uh, bringing those together. You can DM us. You can email them to us through our website at www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Or you can um, drop them through us in DM through Facebook as well. So we'll be checking all okay. of those avenues. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Perf, perf. So we're jumping into chapters 21 and 22. Let's do this. Yes. Our big takeaway for the ways of the kingdom for chapter 21 and 22 is the way of the kingdom is living now with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Living now with the end in mind is our takeaway for today. And in chapters 21 and 22, Jesus spends a lot of time foretelling 
telling to his disciples what is to come, both in his death, directly after his death, and leading up to his coming again. And so we see the narrative move forward into the impending suffering and death of Jesus. So Leah, talk to us about these key players. Who are the key players in chapters 21 and 22? Mm-hmm. So this is this is Jesus moving towards the passion, moving towards the crucifixion. So in chapter one, we see Jesus teaching and and sharing parables and preaching. We see this interaction with uh, the widow who um, gives her small donation at the temple and how Jesus proclaims about her faith. We see the crowds um, who he's speaking to and the disciples who he's speaking to as well. So really, twenty one is all about Jesus really addressing some some main things uh and trying to make them plain things and uh preparing them for what is to come and in chapter 22 we have the key players is jesus the chief priests and scribes satan uh plays a role judas uh called iscariot peter simon peter john the disciples then a man carrying a jar sort of gives a cameo um, the master of the house is a cameo as well, the crowds, and then there's a servant girl and a man and the Roman soldiers. So there's a lot of interactions in 22, mm-hmm. um, whereas 22, 21 is mainly Jesus preaching and teaching to the crowds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got some different dynamics at play, which is going to yes. be good. Yes. Um, and so this is all happening in the time directly leading up to the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, a lot of folks in the church sort of calendar know that as passion week, you may have heard that before. Um, and all of it is taking place in Jerusalem. So in the mm-hmm. temple, in and around the city, including this Passover supper that's eaten at this man's house in the city, including the Mount of Olives, where you, we see at a certain point, Jesus retreats there to um, both rest and both pray. Mm-hmm. And then um, these moments in the high priest's house and then the place of the council, once we get to sort of the advanced moments of Jesus' suffering. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of like our, our space and place wrap up. Um, give us the why, Toshiba. Why is this taking place? What is the meaning of all of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The time of Christ's suffering has now come. We're in Passion Week, and we know that he must suffer to fulfill the prophecy about the one who will pay for the sins of the whole world. So he spends the time before the Passover supper preparing his followers for all that's to come um, because of his great care to be their great shepherd. And then we're going to see as well that not only is he doing this uh, for because of his great care as their shepherd, he also is doing this because he's going to be rejected as their mm-hmm. shepherd mm-hmm. Um, as we get to the end of uh, chapter 22. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we see, we see uh, the why encompassed in, 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 in that. And then Leah, talk to us about um these themes in chapter 21. Yeah. So 21, the themes that stick out, we've got this widow who demonstrates a posture of generosity. And um, when we go there, I really want to address even just the placing of this story. Um, And yeah, just really crack that open a little bit. Um, Other themes we see in chapter 21 are just prophecies, prophecies, prophecies. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jesus is out there proclaiming 
both what is to come and connecting what is to come to what has happened or mm-hmm. what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, uh, the, the reality that afflictions will increase mm-hmm. as the day of the Son of Man nears. But Jesus is exhorting his followers in the midst of all of that, even though he's sort of laying out like how things are about to get real hot and heated mm-hmm. um, for them. He is exhorting his followers to faithful endurance, to faithful endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in chapter 22, um, we see this theme of Jesus really saying, like, who do you say that I am? Questioning and engaging um, those around him and his disciples to really answer that question. Also in preparation for what is to come for them. Think mm-hmm. about how what how things flesh out in the book of Acts and all of that. Yeah. Bring that down. Um, we see Christ as a Passover lamb. He has his Passover supper with his disciples all the time, making parallels between what they are remembering and what is to come in his flesh. And then lastly, this 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 element of just like in 21, we had prophecies, prophecies, prophecies. 22, we have rejection, rejection, rejection. This Jesus experiencing the rejection, the suffering, and the sacrifice and that that is in fact the steps towards fulfilling what is in store what is in store for us what was in store for him um in the kingdom of god so Perfect. yeah those are our themes um and take us through what are these repeated words what are we seeing over and over again that gives us a clue to yeah what what are we tuning our ears to here Yeah, we're going to hear some of the repeated words of days and signs and these things. We're going to hear a lot of those phrases of these things. And then uh, this this phrase of take place or taking place. And then we're going to see the son of man. We're going to see the son of God. We're going to see the kingdom of God comes. We're going to see the word Passover and this Mm -hmm. word prepared and Mm -hmm. prepare um, a lot in the text. And then we're going to see um, that Jesus is assigning. And so we're going to see a lot of... um, Mm -hmm assigning you this and then of course the word fulfill and then this word um pray and prayer and so Mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot of those and then the final uh phrase that we'll see as well in chapter 22 is um that you may not enter into temptation Mm-hmm. And so what is Jesus saying when he's saying those things? Mm-hmm. Talking about some key verses, um, th- th- we have two key verses. Leah, tell us what the mm-hmm. key verse is for chapter 21. Yeah, 21. Um, I'm, I'm anchoring us um, in verse 36, but stay, which says, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So it, it really... All of this centers around what he's saying and the, the prophecies, the warnings are all anchored around this exhortation to be alert, be prayerful, and to endure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we have in chapter 22, uh, I'm anchoring us with chapter 22, verses 15 through 16, where he said, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled yeah. in the kingdom yeah. of God. And mm-hmm. so... Um, we're going to really be able to see how um, Jesus is desiring to uh, to be the Passover lamb um, and to eat the Passover with them. But his obedience to Christ is sort of how I mean, his obedience to the father and how that plays out um, mm-hmm. in so many ways in this chapter as well. Um, yeah. 
fulfillment. So Leah, yeah. let's dig into chapter 21. Talk to us, girl, and uh, let's look at it. Yes. Okay. So in chapter 21, first of all, we're starting out with Jesus um, spending all of chapter 21 telling his followers about yeah. what is to come, right? Yeah. And what to watch for in sort of these quote unquote end times as we sort of tag that phrase. Yeah. Um, but it's not just in the time when Jesus will return as we're looking forward to right now, but actually he spends a lot of this time talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, um, which is literal, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not this spiritual figurative or like thing to come, but it's an actual thing that we can now look back at in history. There's accounts from Josephus, who is a historian, a Jewish historian at the time, um, that actually refer to this Roman takeover in AD 70 where the Roman army actually came and destroyed the temple and yeah. captured and took over Jerusalem. Yep. So he's 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 giving very vivid and very specific warnings about that time. Mm-hmm. So, but first, before we get into that, we have this brief instance where a widow's faith is put on display. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I think like going back to this, this really is, as I was reading it, that's why, you know, you can't always, you can't always rely too heavily on how, the the um, translations separate like the you know passages, passages and chapters yeah. right right because um, this really flows directly from what Jesus was talking about before Absolutely. directly before it in twenty Absolutely. so he is giving this warning to the scribes and these sort of like highfalutin folk that think that they are um, displaying their religiosity in sort of this public way and that that's where the reward comes from and Mm. that's where their righteousness comes from. And then he actually goes into this and flips the script and he looks up and he sees this, the rich putting their gifts in, again, this reflection of how the scribes behaved. Mm -hmm. And then he sees this poor widow put in two small copper coins. And that's the moment where he calls out her faith. Yeah, yeah calls out her sacrifice, calls out her, her, um, calls out the, the beauty of her faith, Mm -hmm. um, and sort of like coming off of how he was, how he was addressing and warning against the behavior of the scribes, you know, he's really dealing with this pride, right? This Mm -hmm. self-congratulatory fake worship of the scribes. And, and instead then sort of contrast that with the true faith of this poor widow. So he exalts her faith. He exalts her generosity in that upside down kingdom way that we've been talking about. Yeah. And I, Leah, I I want to say this, it's particularly in this passage too, and in this text, because that there's a key word here that Jesus is highlighting too, which is for they all contributed out of their abundance, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we're dealing with is a contrast here, Leah, that that Jesus is really trying to highlight is, Mm -hmm. is our faith out of the abundance that we um, have already received? It's almost like the leftovers, or are we giving truly from Sacrificially. Sacrificially, Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. like, this is all I have and I'm giving it all to you. Everything yeah. that I have, you know, right. instead of like, I have this and then this is my leftover. Right, you know? right. Because what he's highlighting is the faith, right? He exalts right. her faith and her generosity. So yes. to, to Jesus in the eyes of the kingdom, her little is a lot. Yes. And then a lot of the wealthy is actually a little faith. 
So right. what he's really saying is even her, in her little, it is a lot of faith. Yes. And then the lot of the wealthy is really an expression of little faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's sort of attached to the beginning, which really is attached to 20. Um, but now we turn to Jesus starting to tell about the destruction of the temple in yeah. AD 70 in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he uses it as a sit example of what is to happen in the time of his return as well. So in this warning, there are several things. There's reassurances, right? There's this warning and sort of caution about false messiahs that will come. He says there will be wars, there will be earthquakes, there will be famines, there will be plagues. And um, then he sort of takes this detour in in verses 12 through 19 and gets really personal with his disciples about Mm -hmm. their soon impending persecution. Um, And and again, very specifically says to them, like, this is what's going to happen to you. And then he says in 13, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. He tells them that he will give a mouth of wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Mm -hmm. And what's wildly fascinating and wonderful is that we actually get to see these things come to pass in the book of Acts, where real time, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit came and gave them boldness. And the Mm -hmm. words came to them to be able to defend their faith or to be able to speak the truth in face of persecution. And so he's speaking to them about a real specific time that's about to come and it's not that far off. So yeah. And then verse 20 is really where Jesus starts to get specific about the fall of Jerusalem at the hands of Rome. So, um, you know, the historian in me had to like, not just leave this like, right, we got to dig in, we got to do a little research, right? So the Jewish revolt took place from 66 to 70 AD, and it was a chaotic time for the Jewish people. They resisted um, through warfare and even actually pushed back the armies at certain times, but ultimately um, through the changing of the military leader in Rome, Rome was able to actually overcome um, Jerusalem and Mm -hmm. destroyed the temple, Mm -hmm. destroyed it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a, a reference to really what is actually about to come. And then um, then we have this verse 24, which is sort of like this exhale of God's faithfulness, even through these sort of like horrible times, yeah. um, because he reminds them that, you know, all of this will happen and folks going to fall by the edge of the sword, mm-hmm. be led captive, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And he reminds them that, yeah, I control the rise and fall of nations. And while you will be under that, that suffering and that persecution for a while, I will judge the wickedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, real talk, like I'm reading this and I'm like, does like, it kind of left me wondering like, why? Like I had a lot of questions that I really wanted to bring to the Lord, like real time. Mm -hmm. What does letting it run its course mean for God's people? Like why, what is the sort of, um, what is the line or sort of the lineage that attaches all of this to God's purpose for his people, even letting um, the temple be destroyed Destroyed. yeah right right so i mean i i guess i just want to pause there to to encourage um our listeners ladies like we don't always get the sort of like packaged conclusion through faithful bible study sometimes we are left with sort of like lingering questions or like clarity 
And it's, I mean, it's okay to sit with that. I mean, I'm sitting with it. And I trust that the Lord is going to reveal in his goodness um, what I need to know for my faith to be assured and to really, um, and then something's just like, right, just be patient and Mm -hmm. trust that my understanding is not, is not whole. It's not complete. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So then um, we go to verse 27 and 28, we zoom out and Jesus takes this bigger scope of his post-ascension return, right? So he mm-hmm. refers to himself as the son of man. We were talking about that in the last episode and he tips his hand too here saying like, this is the time that I will be coming in power and glory, right? So mm-hmm. at this point, the disciples, they sort of are trying, they're beginning to see what Jesus is saying about what's about to happen to them. But as we saw in the last chapter, like, they're still thinking maybe possibly he's going to come with sort of the pomp and circumstance uh, that they are expecting the Messiah to come the first time. But he's like, no, 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 like this is, there will be a time that I come in power and glory. And it's not this time, but there is a time. There is a time. There is a time. Mm -hmm. And very clearly he says, no, first there must be suffering. Then Mm -hmm. there will be glory. Yeah. Um, And yet even at this point, like we're left wondering, do the disciples really get it? Like, do they really see what he's saying? Yeah. Do they really see? Yeah. And so then here Jesus inserts his brief parable to show the disciples the importance of knowing the signs, right? When they yeah. know the signs and when they see the signs, they will know that the end is near. And yeah. he is exhorting them really to know the signs for two reasons. One, to not be deceived. Yeah. And to take the time seriously. And that's an exhortation for us as well, right? Come on. Like to not be deceived Mm -hmm. and to take the time seriously. When we see these things, when we see scripture fleshed out literally in our Mm -hmm. lives, Mm -hmm. know know that our alignment to what is true and our alignment to faithful endurance is just as important to us as it was to to the disciples at that time. Yeah. And it, you know, Leah, as you're talking about it, it makes me think about what you said at the beginning, right? Which is, this, after this takes place, this will then be the inauguration of end times, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so, you know, like, I know that so many times we have heard that said, like, this is the end times, y'all, but Mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was the end times Mm -hmm. when he, after he went to the cross, it started the end times. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just go go ahead. I had to put in that nugget because... You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it 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 pushes us towards more towards like, will we be deceived or will we live with a sober mindedness and an endurance and be mm-hmm. faithful to yeah. the scriptures as we know? Girl, don't talk about sober mindedness. We're going to get there. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to ahead. get there. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, baby. So, um, we're we have this sort of concept of like knowing the signs in order to not be deceived knowing the signs to take them seriously, right? Mm -hmm. This sober-mindedness that we're going to get to in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this passage in 32 and 33 is sort of, it's a, I don't know, the the lesson of the fig tree comes across as sort of complex because some people think that it's a reference to the actual end times. And some people think that it's when he says this generation will not pass away, um, refers to like this generation is sort of like those who see the fig tree like signs and they'll actually see all the signs take place in the end times so in what the you're, end times okay so what you're <laughs> saying times, is quote. is that this is sort of 
eschatological mm-hmm. text. Drop a big es- word. Drop es- a million dollar word. But girl, st- <laughs> es- eschatological uh, is the the study of the end times in in scripture. And so, mm-hmm. some people are premillennial. Some people are postmillennial. And mm-hmm. so, this passage is sort of one of those those passages that. Yeah talks about end times, but mm-hmm. depending on your view of this text, mm-hmm. you can be on either end. However, yeah, you can interpret it either way. You mm-hmm. can interpret it either way. So Leah, if if you were to say, mm-hmm. not this whole conversation around which way should we interpret right, it, right, right. But what's the nugget that we can take from it? Girl, the nuggets, right. No matter where you fall as far as how the end times will shake down, what your interpretation is, one thing is very clear that when Jesus says that his words will not pass away, mm-hmm. he is he's doubling down on that to really speak authoritatively about his words. Good. So re- the, the anchoring thing is, is Jesus is saying, listen, my words have more permanency even than heaven and earth. He says, yeah. um, heaven and earth will pass away in verse 33, but my words will not pass away. So yeah. The, yeah. the authoritative the authoritative and genuine truth of Jesus's words. This is Mm. what our takeaway is Mm. right here in this spot. And that's something that whether you're pre-trib or post-trib, whatever, we can all agree on the fact that Jesus has the words of truth and life. Come on. Um, And that his words will not mm -hmm. pass away. And and that that his words... mm -hmm. And that we will be held accountable and there will be a greater glory that is to come. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so let's so let's so let's land there. And then lastly in 21, Jesus ends by giving this loving warning to his disciples. He mm. speaks knowingly about what exactly he knows might try to entangle them and distract right. them from recognizing this the all these signs that he's speaking of. Um, and he issues Thank a warning you. against very three very, very, very specific things. Tell he us names about him, girl. He names them, girl. Tell he him, names them. Um, in 34, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares mm. of this life. Dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. What and is that? What is I, that? actually had to look up dissipation because I wanted the actual definition, not just an assumption that I knew okay. what I was talking about and then I didn't now. really know what I was talking about. Come on now. We all got to support ourselves under scripture. Hey, it's hey. It's a, it's a learning. <laughs> Be a learner. Um, so d- the definition, the Webster definition of dissipation is the squandering of money, energy, or resources. In other words, that also mean dissipation, waste, misspend, fritter away. And so Jesus is telling his disciples, do not nickel and dime your way out of a rich, eternal inheritance. Don't nickel and dime yourself away from a rich, eternal inheritance. All y'all know, maybe you've been at this place. I've been at this place before where I've saved, tried to save for a vacation, right? Like this big ticket thing, like we're going to say we're going to go on a family vacation, but then something comes up here and this thing's more interesting there. And, mm. you know, it's $10 here, $50 there. Before you know it, the vacation fund is gone. It is no more. And what was going to be a more glorious getaway 
And now just what do I have to show for it, right? The things that I ate, like fast food, right? Uh-huh. If we're real, that's what it is. Yes. And, or, enters, and that is the entering of dissipation. Is what yes, and that oh. is the entering of dissipation. Oh, goodness. I mean, and so like just the element of money, energy, or resources, any of those categories can be squandered away and we can miss out on this rich eternal inheritance that actually is stored up when we are steadfast. Mm. And I mean, I don't want to get into too much of like how this applies, but that is just, man, man. I mean, Leah and I are being, I'm just, as she's talking about it, I'm just (laughs) right now convicted because, you know, Leah is like an accountability Mm. person for my whole personhood and my soul. (laughs) And we have been battling with a a challenge that we have now identified so clearly and the Lord is like, oh, I'm going to keep taking y'all around this Mm -hmm. circle until Mm-hmm. You, you get it. You get it. And so yeah. this dissipation yeah. is real. Yeah. So yeah. Real. The real conviction of what it looks like to squander mm-hmm. what the Lord has, but to misspend, right? Yes. To fritter away yes. what the Lord has given us is yes. a deep conviction. Mm-mm-mm. And what is this this drunkenness that he Yes. And so he, he warns also against drunkenness, which um, is also like intoxication, overconsumption, overindulgence are other ways to phrase this drunkenness. So I don't perceive, my interpretation is not that it is just about drunkenness on wine yeah, at the time. Yeah, it ain't talking about just your alcohol. Right. Over overeating, over over watching, over over indulgence. Over indulgence. Over filling the blank. Mm-hmm. Yes. Over uh-huh. filling the blank. That's that's right. And and so this is the warning, right? Because if we are if we are full on these things of this world, then we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm. Um, and then lastly, he just sort of wraps it all up, all the other things, mm. sort of in this category of the cares of this life. I mean, Ooh. ladies, we know that what we've seen is Jesus is specifically pointing us to faithfulness, to humility, to um trusting that what were we talking about earlier right like the the gentiles chase after all these things but mm-hmm. your father in heaven knows what you need yep. and so seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you and so the cares of this life right falls into that category like yep. don't yep. get caught up on those things chasing yep. after those things yep. and forgetting that yep. god actually takes care of those things mm-hmm. when our minds are fixed on him when our feet are on mission on path for him and that he actually is that that uh, an awareness of being that awake alert and prayerful mm. actually is at the forefront for us mm. and, and so those are, and those mm. are his exhortations right his yes. exhortations towards towards this end are to stay awake to stay mm-hmm. praying Mm-hmm. So that you may have strength to stand before the sun. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Right? At that end where he will give that, that, um, those words of approval, well done, good and faithful servant. And so these are, so we wrap up 21 with just these, these exhortations to his disciples and mm-hmm. this, this warning and this encouragement towards watchfulness mm-hmm. and all during all this time he's teaching in the temple mm-hmm. and then there's this model of him going out to rest um at the mount of olives mm-hmm. and even so that in this coming and going in this engaging and rest 
Um, he is really, he's exhibiting the patterns, the patterns mm-hmm. that he also wants us to exhibit. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we end with 21. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at chapter 22 and they, and just how they flow into each other and what they're leading us towards in the life of Jesus. Hey ladies, we are so grateful to bring you the ministry of the urban Christian woman right into your headsets, your airwaves every single week. We have seen God at work through the varying resources of the Urban Christian Woman, be it the blogs, the podcasts, the events held locally in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Currently, we are seeking to reach our giving goal of $1,500 of monthly givers to fuel God's kingdom work in the lives of urban women all across the U.S. So we would ask you to consider giving as little as $5 a month to the work of the urban Christian woman and help equip urban women with God's truth for everyday life. You can give right now by going to www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Thanks in advance for your investment into the lives of urban women. Let's look at chapter 22 and they, and just how they flow into each other and what they're leading us towards in the life of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, um, Leah, that first of all, that Jesus's prayer closet is the Mount of Olives. Right. His prayer closet is the Mount. I was like, his prayer closet is the Mount of Olives. Straight up the Mount of Olives. Yes. I want to go there one day, like life goal, hashtag bucket list. Hashtag bucket list for sure on on mine. There's a whole lot of them, but- So I can pray where Jesus prayed. That's what so, I want to do. That's number one that I wanted to say. Like that was mm-hmm. just my own little tangent of like Jesus and his prayer closet is the Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see the Mount of Olives do another cameo in yeah. twenty-two. Oh, yes, we are. But I love that we are coming right out of chapter 21 and Jesus is giving those warnings and the exhortation because mm-hmm. guess what we're going to see in chapter 22? We're, we're going to see the narrative of the Passion Week progress And it begins with the nearness of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread or what's known as Passover. And then we're going to see Jesus, Mm -hmm. these exhortations and these warnings, right? We're going to see this in practice and how uh, the disciples fall short uh, Mm -hmm. how and how uh, it really does prepare for his fulfillment because all of these things are going to happen and people are going to reject him. Uh, and we're going to see who those people are as as this week continues. So we jump right in to verse 1 through 23, and we're going to see Jesus is the prepared Passover lamb. So mm. we can the text, and it is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, which is uh, Passover, and mm-hmm. Passover is actually coming, what we know as Passion Week, which begs us to know, like, what is Passover? And so mm, take Exodus, us back. Yes, context. Girl, uh, girl, context is everything in understanding mm-hmm. what Jesus is going to be saying. But Exodus tells us about the origin and the order of this festival. So on the night of the 10th plague that was placed upon Egypt for not releasing the children of Israel, right? We know it. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. <laughs> Okay, that's for my FCA days. That's for my oh, FCA days. Okay, in Dell City, Oklahoma. I thought you were going to go low. Hello, Pharaoh. 
let my people go. I could have went there too, but Best I had to. Friends. I, I had to. I had to go. I had to go uh, straight okay. to CA for the for the FCA folks. Okay, you could go uh, either way. I could go either way. Okay, <laughs> that's the story of my life. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, so so that is what is happening, right? They they did G- Egypt. Pharaoh would not release the children of Israel. The Lord brings this plague um, so that Pharaoh would release his people, God's people that he chose out of his love, which we've talked about before, right? Mm-hmm. Not because of anything that they've done. And so goes on to say that on the first on the firstborn male of every household in Egypt, and as this is happening, the children of Israel have been told um, by God to sacrifice a lamb without spot or blemish and mm-hmm. mark the blood on the doorposts of their hands uh, of their homes. For when the Lord visits Egypt, right, mm-hmm. every home that doesn't have the blood of the lamb will lose the firstborn mm-hmm. male. Mm, okay, mm, mm. firstborn male in their household. And so this festival and time of remembrance happened almost simultaneously with Passover. So as soon as you have this mm-hmm. happening with Passover, there's the unleavened bread. And, and, and so this this unleavened bread was to uh, was to really reflect that. Um, just as much as the Passover lamb and the blood was spread on the doorpost, they were mm-hmm. also making this bread that that uh, was a time of remembrance. And because they had to leave so quickly from, mm-hmm. from Pharaoh releasing them, the bread was unleavened. Mm-hmm. So they sort of happened simultaneously. So Passover is this time of commemoration of the exodus from Egyptian bondage. Mm-hmm. So as this is happening, the scribes and the Pharisees, jumping back right into the text, right? Now we know what Passover and unleavened, the unleavened festival is, right? Where we jump back in and the scribes and, chi- and chief priests should be remembering, right? Mm-hmm. They should mm-hmm. be remembering the Passover. Mm-hmm. They should be remembering and having this feast of yeah. the unleavened bread, yeah. right? But what are they yeah. doing instead, y'all? What are they doing instead? They are mm. seeking and conspiring to put Jesus to death because they have mm-hmm. no power really due to people loving yeah. Jesus. We see They're that. following him. And yeah. They, they, yeah. We see this in the chapter before where we ended in the last podcast that mm-hmm. Jesus's influence has become so at a mm-hmm. high level that mm. that the the chief priests cannot even they touch can't take him. it anymore yeah and they, they can't, can't take it and they cannot take it and so mm-hmm. it's where they should be remembering what mm-hmm. the lord has done they are conspiring okay mm. Mm. So as they have conspired Satan enters into Judas Iscariot another question unknown that I will ask Jesus when I see him mm-hmm. and, I, and I want to sort of point that out is like just like you were saying these questions that come in chapter 21 yeah I had a lot of questions yeah around chapter yeah. 22 right like enter how does Satan enter someone mm. how does that mm. whole thing work and I'm how gonna does ask, that how whole does thing happen yeah Show, tell me about it Jesus I'm just gonna mm-hmm. ask one of those after I finish worshiping him okay <laughs> but anyway um so what it's I want to so point out is also just this progression of the words in verses three through five. I'm a words person. And if you look at verses three through five, there is a progression of what is happening in the heart of Jesus Iscariot, right? Mm -hmm. He went away. 
He's conferring with the chief scribes, mm-hmm. right, and the priests, and, and and it leads to him agreeing and mm-hmm. consenting. And notice what's attached to this agreement: money, money, which, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't you talking about these warnings? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we see the first person on the scene who is going to reject Jesus and betray him through the dissipation that Leah mm-hmm. was just talking about is going to be the 12th of the disciples, mm-hmm. Judas Iscariot. And mm-hmm. so there enters betrayal. That's what Judas does. And before we just want to lock in on him, let's look a little deeper at everything else. So we jump right back to the Passover and Jesus tells Peter and John to go and prepare for the Passover. We're going to see this prepare word mentioned four times, which mm-hmm. is signaling what is to happen to come. You know, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his time of suffering, the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. And when they mm-hmm. get to the upper room, he tells them that they it, that he will not eat and he will not drink with them because the time has come for his body to be broken and his blood to be poured out. Mm. And the very act that they have been collectively doing all together all this time yeah. is really yeah. the representation of mm. he himself and what he is going to do and what he is going to fulfill. Mm. And so we we say this word fulfill, we we see it multiple times and we hear it said multiple times in the chapter. And so as we And it's almost like he's he's shadowing, right? Like he's taking the shadow and he's laying his life on top of the shadow and saying, see how they line up. See that I am the one. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And girl, I kept thinking so much as I was reading this about all the passages of scripture that say, listen, um, it's going to be hidden, Mm -hmm. but for my disciples, I'm going to tell you. Yes. And and for their equipping, right? Because as we see, as we move on, what you were talking about in Luke, uh, in in chapter 21, in that verse 24, he's doing this purposefully that his disciples have no confusion about the gospel, about what it is in regards to the remembrance of the practice that Mm -hmm. has been done from old covenant to now entering of the new covenant is just Mm -hmm. so beautifully Mm -hmm. profound to Mm -hmm. me. And Mm -hmm. so we jump right into verses 24 um, through 38. And as we have just seen, Jesus is the prepared Passover lamb. Now we're going to see Jesus is the greatest leader. So he transitions to talking to his disciples and the disciples are wondering who will betray Jesus because Jesus has just talked about to Jude, talked about Judas, right? And he's saying in this time of eating and drinking, what they know as the Lord's Supper is to be this time of remembrance, all of these things. He says, but there is one person in here who's going to betray me as he breaks the bread and he pours out the cup and he knows and he sees Judas and he mm-hmm. lets him know what he has done and will do. Mm -hmm. So the disciples are sitting here in verses 24 through 38. They're wondering like, is it me? Am I going to betray Jesus? Yeah, yeah. I can so see them like, is it you? Is it me? Is it you? Is it me? And then- So they start out- Mm -hmm. They just start out with this confusion, right? Mm -hmm. And they're wondering who's going to betray him. And then all of a sudden- All of a sudden. They start- (laughs) 
getting too hot for their britches, as my mom would say. I can so see how this would, oh, I love that. I can see how it would progress to this. It's like, is it going to be me or is it going to be you? Well, it can't be me because I'm this. And it can't be me because I'm this. And then all of a sudden they're bragging about who's arguing about who's greater. Okay. 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 You see, I mean, I know, like, and this is just you my, can track it. You can track it. Even the spiritual imagination of Jesus dealing with in the chapters before this comparison. Yeah. Of don't compare yourself to who's sitting next to you. Uh-huh. And I was like, mm, this is like a subtle hint of like, no, I want to betray <laughs> Jesus. I and then next thing they like, well, you know what? Well, who is the greatest? Yeah. And so we go from this place of this dispute of them arguing over who is the greatest. And Jesus is just going to nip this straight in the bud, mm-hmm. honey, by mm-hmm. making known the qualifications of what it means to be the greatest. And here are the two qualifications mm-hmm. that the greatest becomes the youngest. That means that the greatest has no benefits. Yeah. They literally lay yeah. down their whole lives, okay? Mm-hmm. Sacrificially, no benefits. And the leader is the one who serves mm, so he mm. goes on and he asks well which one of y'all are are operating in these two qualifications in these ways mm-hmm. in these ways mm-hmm. and he makes known that there is one at the table Ooh. and it's Mm-mm-mm. not the one chilling and reclining but the one who is serving and he yeah. makes no mistake it is he he's the, the one mm-hmm. who serves mm-hmm. so while exposing their hearts right as these glory thieves yeah he does make known what they have been doing. And the apostles mm-hmm. have stayed with him in these trials. He's very grateful for this. He's still in the midst of holding them accountable for them being glory thieves. He just wraps this in some compassion and just let me mm-hmm. know. But I see you apostles and how you mm-hmm. have stayed with me in these trials. You're the ones, yeah. And I mm-hmm. see your acts of loyalty, right? And so Jesus mm-hmm. passes this torch to them as he was given the kingdom, he's he's saying where we enter this word, I'm assigning this to you. He was assigned the kingdom from his father. Right. Mm-hmm. He has now and he it, because he is has descended, he is accomplishing this work um, so that they may eat and drink at the eternal kingdom of the table. He is also going to now assign and pass it on. And I found it interesting. I was like, wait a minute. So they're going to eat and drink at the eternal kingdom table. And at the table, the 12 tribes will be judged. So Mm. wait a minute. I was just like, what is that caveat? And so Mm. Mm -hmm. like, that's just something to just like wet your palate of like, man. Yeah. That's a whole nother element. Yeah. And so Jesus assigns the passing on of the work of his kingdom. And he lets... Um, in the midst of this, as he has assigned this, right, he goes on and he says again, right, um, that um, he invites them to eat and drink at the table and to let them know that they are going to experience his kingdom, the eternal kingdom. Well, enters this, this conversation with Peter and Jesus lets Peter know, right, that Peter is going to deny him. And Mm -hmm. he lets Peter know Satan didn't just come for the betrayer Judas. He's coming for you too. And as a matter of fact, he's coming to sift you. So sifting, if any of you are bakers or cooks, you know Mm -hmm. that sifting is this slow process that happens Mm -hmm. 
where the lumps are being removed, Mm -hmm. right? And they're being shaken out of the grain. And so Mm -hmm. Jesus foretells this and he lets him know that he's praying for him though in the midst of what is to come, that his faith won't fail, right? In the midst of you, your sin being exposed in this moment, that your complete rooting of, of who you know to to be Jesus, who Jesus is in your life will not fail. Yeah. And so Peter's zeal becomes apparent and Jesus being all knowing of hearts, lets Peter know the reality of what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And, and we'll see that, um, that three times Peter yeah. is going to deny calls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, him and being on team Jesus. So gleaning from Peter, we can glean a couple of things. And I just had sort of these as some observations, but gleaning from this, we can glean from Peter that only true boldness enabled by the spirit, which is what you were talking about in yeah. 21, yeah. 14 through 15. In these moments, right? that it's not going to be us doing the work. It's the spirit. The boldness mm-hmm. is enabled by the spirit and not the flesh mm-hmm. can allow one to go against the culture and opposition. And I thought about how yeah. hard it can be to not just share the gospel, but to make known you are on team Jesus. Right, right. right. Especially when the heat turns up. Come on. Right now in this climate for mm-hmm. us, who are professing believers, Mm -hmm. right? And we just saw this insurrection and we saw the signs Mm -hmm. of the insurrectionists with Jesus marked off all over them with every false preacher Mm -hmm. that was proclaiming all sorts of angels from, okay, come on. (laughs) Every false prophetic word (laughs) that was coming forth to tell somebody, yeah, I'm Uh with Jesus. Well, Peter empathizes with that. Mm-hmm. He empathizes with us around mm-hmm. what we are going to battle. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to see Peter's heart revealed in this denial encounter. So we have yeah. this dispute yeah. that reveals hearts and leads to denial. And then he's he's the sort of like faith shoulders that we stand on, right? Like, right. which is both mingled with not all success. I mean, repeated failure right out the gate. And yet a heart that is so zealously for and in love with Jesus that he is drawn back in through grace and humility and is a faithful follower of Jesus. And that's what I found so profound, right? Because Mm -hmm. what Jesus was praying for Peter was not that he would uh, pass this test as as the the fate of that situation had already been decided, right? Right. He already knew what what was going to come, but that his faith would not fail. Yeah. His faith being his walk with Mm -hmm. his relationship Mm -hmm. with his relationship with Jesus, his intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with Jesus. So Jesus goes on to ask the disciples um, when they were sent out with nothing and the Lord provided and they lack nothing mm-hmm. and they didn't. But now since he is fulfilling what is in scripture in Isaiah 53, 12, by giving a portion to many through his death to redeem rebels. So they will need these things to further the mission of the kingdom of God. So that's why he's speaking of, listen, you're going to need your knapsack. You're mm-hmm. going to need your mm-hmm. sandals and you are going to need your money bag. He's making mm-hmm. reference to Isaiah 53, 12. Mm-hmm. Going on into verses 39 through 65, Jesus reveals that he is the rejected servant, okay? 
So Jesus is the Passover, the prepared Passover lamb. Jesus is the greatest leader. And now we're going to see Jesus reveals that he is the rejected servant. We see Jesus as he goes to the Mount of Olives, Mm -hmm. the place where he seeks and speaks to his father about his prayer closet, his prayer closet. Like we said, Mm -hmm. here he is asking in humanity, in his humanity to let the cup of suffering and salvation through his death to pass for the third time. And he's asked this three times. And the father, the first person we see rejecting him is his father's, his father through mm-hmm. his father's plea. Um, as Jesus has asked um, prior to let the cup pass and Jesus says no. And so Jesus willfully still will submit. He's going to do it as we see. I love this, this, mm-hmm. this, uh, this, this real life tangible, yeah. uh, uh, the words that we see coming off the pages of scripture, right? It says in agony with yeah. sweaty, soaked, right. Earnest, it's not tearing. this sort of like rosy picture. Yes. It's like the realness of agony and suffering as you enter into something that is, yeah, of yeah. this magnitude. Yeah, and I was like, man, this is why Luke, to me, I'm like, I understand Luke mm-hmm. why you're saying the son of man and son of God at the mm-hmm. same time in this chapter because yeah. this chapter embodies it when yeah. we see him. Yeah. We really zoom in on his humanity. Woo. Yes, and his yeah. sovereignty and his as sovereignty. the son of God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we see this, and the father says no to Jesus so he mm-hmm. can say yes to us. And I was mm-hmm. like, woo! The, mm-hmm. father, the mm-hmm. father says no to Jesus so he can say yes to us. Jesus's no was still a part of God's yeah. sovereign yeah. plan. Jesus's no was a part of God's greater yes. Yes. I yes. mean, the yes. love of the father. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm going to sit down. Keep going. So after Jesus has prayed, he sees that the disciples are asleep and calls them to awake and pray, right? Mm-hmm. That they themselves not enter into temptation. This is where we see that that phrase. The temptation to dispute, to deny or betray him is real and can find us producing this metaphorical form of sleeping, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so- yeah. Jesus is rejected by the Father, and then we see Jesus then in full form rejected by Judas as he betrays him for the money that he foretold right earlier in the chapter. And he asked Judas, will he really betray him with a kiss, this intimate act? And he does so. And the Mm -hmm. apostles want to know if this is the time to turn up with the swords. (laughs) We had two swords, Jesus. What you want us to do with them? Okay. So one of the disciples cuts off the ear of the chief priest's servant's ear and Jesus says no more, and he heals the servant, which reminds me is just one more example of what he came to bring do. it on back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to bring it in every podcast, right? It's full circle, of Luke four, Luke mm-hmm. four eighteen. He says, mm-hmm. "The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has called me to what." Preach the preach yes, the good preach news. good news to the poor, poor to, mm-hmm, pro, to pro, proclaim liberty to, to the to captive, sight to the blind, blind to, and and to proclaim healing, right? Mm-hmm. And this healing that he speaks of for the year of the Lord's favor. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus asked those who are against him if they have come out against a robber. He's like asking these cats, like yeah, the, the, like what the you think I'm? I'm <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> what do like, you think I am? 
He's like, have yeah. you come out against a robber? And he goes on to say in verse 53 that not one time have they been allowed or able to lay hands on him. So he's making mm-hmm. known mm-hmm. this is the time of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Y'all could not touch me. Y'all would be mm-hmm. wondering where I disappeared to. Mm-hmm. Okay? People mm-hmm. came trying to throw me off a cliff. People have come to try to take me. And you haven't been able to touch one single hair mm-hmm. on my body. Mm-hmm. And so this is the time of fulfillment because he has allowed this hour and power to yield this capture. So nothing is outside the wills and controls of the triune Godhead. Yes. What he wills, he allows. And His I love words that. will not pass away. Come mm-hmm. on now. And I love the omniscience and omnipotence of God on display in these few verses. And then we see, so we see Jesus is rejected by the Father. He's rejected by Judas and now enters Peter. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is seized and taken to the, to the priest's house for counsel Totally out of order. I know. I'm like, where are they go? Where are they taking him? <laughs> Under the cover of darkness. Under the cover of darkness. Just I just wanted to keep it out okay. of order. Okay. They conspiring and they conspiring. just keep going out of order. Okay. Okay. So yet we find Peter following. Here's this, right? We see Judas. Judas went away. And here is Peter. Peter is following at a distance mm-hmm. is what it says, right? Mm-hmm. We see Peter following at a distance. And Jesus foretelling is now coming to bear as Peter denies him three times, right? But mm-hmm. Peter hears the rooster. He sees Jesus turn and look like, like the mom who has the eyes in the back. <laughs> Of her hair, right? he's like I, I see you i see you and 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 guess what happens peter gets up from mm-hmm. around the fire he's and convicted he yeah he's, he's convicted so, he's so convicted he's mm-hmm. weeping bitterly peter is now exposed knowing now what jesus knew all along he knows his sin mm-hmm. of denying him and his pride that he was saying jesus i'll never betray you no i won't yeah that which yeah. he yeah. said he wouldn't do and 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 you know i say this all the time but don't ever say what you will or will not ever do no one knows the heart Mm -hmm. of man but god Mm -hmm. what really is in us will come to bear and with enough pressure uh right right with enough pressure we don't even know what will come out only god knows only god knows Mm -hmm. and so peter weeps at what is now laid bare before him Mm -hmm. right and causes bitter weeping jesus is finally rejected by these men. So Judas rejection. Yeah. Which again, it's a fulfillment of the prophecy prophecy. about him. That's right. The father rejects him. Judas Mm -hmm. rejects him. Peter rejects him. And then finally he's rejected by men. These men were mocking him as they blindfolded his eyes, asking him to prophesy who hit him along with many other blasphemous words against him. And they are the representation of every human heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so finally in verses 66, I'm like, wait a minute, don't zoom past that. (laughs) That was for, that was, that was for me. And that was for every single listener. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is absolutely the representation of every human heart. Lest we look at the scriptures and say, oh, they were this way. They were that way. Mm-hmm. No, these are the representations of the way our very hearts are in our day to day, in our moments of pressure, in mm-hmm. our moments of exposure. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Sorry, I had to circle it back because that was for me and somebody else. And somebody else. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really real, though. You know, yeah. it's really real. And 
And it is the representation of all of our hearts. It truly mm-hmm. is. It's the all-encompassing of that. And, and then we see in verses 66 through 71 that Jesus is the seated son of God, right? The elders, chief priests, scribes, and Pharisees take Jesus before mm-hmm. this quote-unquote council, okay? <laughs> and their lack of humility actually causes them to speak the truth, mm. but never truly or acknowledge or receive the truth. Mm -hmm. And so what are these truths that they are speaking, right? Through Mm -hmm. their lack of humility. There's three of them, that Jesus is the Christ. (laughs) Yeah. That Jesus is the son of man seated at the right hand of God and that Jesus is the son of God. Son of God. And I love that Luke certifies this assurance that, that, that was inspired, that he wrote to and for Theophilus. This is just mm-hmm. the testimony witness, all encompassing by those who don't believe, right? And I was thinking about Romans with just all of creation groaning and and we can see the testimony of God yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, in all these things. And so Luke is certifying this as well uh, by reflecting this through the lack of humility of the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, and the elders. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. And so Mm -hmm. we see who Christ is. I just got to draw us in, write these two chapters. Who is Christ in this passage? Christ is the lamb of God that is is the rejected sacrifice sent Mm -hmm. to fulfill the kingdom of God. That is who Christ is in chapters 21 and 22. And Leah, take us into these implications. What are the implications that we see spiritually? Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's just, it's amazing to me that, you know, from, from the beginning of Luke until now, we're getting these pictures of how Jesus is ordering the kingdom of God for us to see. And then here at the end, it's like, it's almost like he's turning up the volume on who he is. Like, Mm -hmm. know who I am, son of Mm -hmm. man, Mm -hmm. son of God, Christ who is seated. I mean, it's just turning up the volume so that we know and see because of what he's about to accomplish, just the depth of the treasure of this God and this sacrifice through Jesus. And so, I mean, in light of viewing Jesus so clearly and just at such a high volume, I mean, we see that like the, these are the places where we can engage with the reality of, of, of who Christ is, oh, the yeah. son of man. Yes. And that in ultimately, based on how we respond to that view of Jesus, Girl, come on. they can come, this son of man day that, that's referred to could come like redemption for us or like a trap 
Jesus' mm. spiritual warning is to stay awake, to see and know where he is and don't be weighed down yeah. lest that day come like a trap. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the spiritual implication here is just like what is sort of mentioned later by Paul in Hebrews is that um, where he says, let us throw off every yep. weight and, and sin that hinders us and run with endurance this race. And so mm. endurance, 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 which Jesus mentions here in Luke, he will equip us with, and we will equip ourselves with this spiritual endurance through the spirit mm. necessary to finish well for our King. So mm. how will we do this? This will not come by the flesh. It will mm. become ultimately come right through the enabling of the spirit to be obedient in the, just, just as Jesus says, like, I will give you the words to his disciples. I will give you the words mm-hmm. in those moments. Yep. The spirit will enable them in obedience to mm-hmm. be obedient and to endure when the time comes yeah. in those moments of pressure. Yeah. And so I think like just that, that zoning in on endurance, endurance, endurance. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as just the dependence of the spirit. Of the spirit. Yes. Spirit is Christ spirit poured out and lavished Mm -hmm. through us. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. knowing that it is the spirit that is, and it is the one to enable and to will what is good for his good pleasure. Right. Yeah. And so knowing that is essential when we find ourselves boggled down, you know, when we find ourselves boggled down, especially, you know, just when we're wondering whether we're on a playground, whether we're with a Mm -hmm. homegirl who is like questioning who God is or having these conversations with them, we don't have to feel like I need to go into a combative yeah, debated mode. Yeah, That's yeah. not the spirit, actually. Mm-hmm, That's your mm-hmm. flesh. And also the assurance that Jesus gives that like, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. This is literally what he tells that's what he said. That's what you I'm don't have to worry about what you're going to say because in the moment, the spirit will equip you. Yeah. And this is just as true for us in yeah. those moments, right? Like in those interactions, in those, uh, in those passing moments, whether at the grocery store or whatever, like those are the moments where you don't have to worry. You don't have to scheme like, okay, if I go to the yeah. grocery store and I see somebody I know and I want to tell them about, like, no, he says in the moment, walk in the spirit. The spirit will enable you with what yep. to say. Yeah. And I, and I just have to say this because I know for me, I have to continue to practice this, which is, I know that there can be a lot going on in these moments because mm-hmm. it is warfare happening, right? You're, you're having a conversation about who is Jesus, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's warfare happening mm-hmm. that that com- the enemy satan himself does not want that to mm-hmm. pr- proceed right so it, in the moment when you hear it happening you can ask holy spirit help me to listen yeah. and help me to lean it lean in cuz i'm disheveled you know yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to just throw that in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. these implications personally. I would I would say the, the implications that we see personally is that Jesus foretells to his disciples, don't do not expect ease as the time of his return ends. Yeah. Expect tumultuousness, disruption mm-hmm. and prepare yourself to be steadfast through it. Mm-hmm. Right now, we know we are nearer than. Uh, they were than yeah. the disciples were, which means these words are even more flavorful for us. Yeah. Are we living our lives preparing for the time of redemption? And when the when the time comes, will we 
operate in a spirit of betrayal, denial, or mockery. Uh And I think Uh that that's just a point of sober mindedness, Uh right? Like a prayer Uh that we can pray. Lord, help me to not live in a state of betrayal or denial Uh or mockery, Uh but let me sense uh, that you are coming back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that that circling back to that sober mindedness, which is in contrast to drunkenness, right? Like right. soberness, sober mindedness, mm-hmm. drunkenness, that that over fulfilling of maybe you're even overfilling yourself yeah. up on your own expectations of yourself, mm-hmm. what you're capable of, what mm-hmm. you're what your um what your sort of offering or expression is of faithfulness. Right. And it's like, no, that sober mindedness is no, no, no. Like I need to lean in to my dependence on Jesus yeah, yeah. and my and my stewardship of the moments of the day to trust him yeah. so that when the time comes, I can endure. Yeah. I yeah. can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just leaning into the implications socially and culturally, you know what I'm saying? Like I was thinking about this as I was reading it, where um, I know that you guys have probably heard this at many of the Black Lives Matter marches, like no justice, no peace. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really became highlighted to me is that no justice can come without the truth. The truth mm-hmm. is found in Jesus, the Christ, the mm-hmm. son of man the son of God and the one who is the fulfillment of humankind's rebel hearts. And so when, when we are engaged civically, culturally, social justice, Mm -hmm. or just socially in general, Mm -hmm. we can know that when we are engaged in those spaces, we are engaged with the heart of our God and our King, right? Because he's saying no justice comes Mm -hmm without the truth of who I am. And I have come and I have come. And so because uh, that takes place where there is no justice, there is truly no peace and Jesus is our peace. So we can actively engage in these spaces because Jesus is the truth Mm -hmm. and Jesus is our peace. Mm -hmm. And we can actively pursue that for the common good and the lives of the people that we see walking on the street and who are engaged, who are uh, 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 impacted by injustice. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Leah, will you pray for us? Yes. On that note, <laughs> y'all come back now. You're here because next week is the last chapters. <laughs> Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, you are good. Thank you you for your faithfulness in your word. Thank you for showing up and illuminating it and connecting it to our hearts, our lives, our minds, for being a faithful God who shows very clearly, who's willing to turn up the volume to say, no, see Jesus, know him, treasure him, fix your eyes on him, run for him, be united to him, trust in him, surrender to him. Thank you for that that word, that encouragement, and the exhortation to do that. Yes. Thank you for the treasure that is Jesus as we yes, see the Lord. suffering servant. Let us model ourselves in that way that we would take the lowly place, yes. that we would take the servant's role, that we would take the posture of Jesus, knowing that in the end, he will save a seat for us at his table. We thank you for that truth. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for um, a word that that exhorts us to seeing Mm -hmm. the truth exalted for the sake of justice, for the sake of your peace, that you embody Jesus in your flesh. And so we thank you. Let this word root in us this week. 
Mm. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies. Bye.